Welcome back to Twigs on the Rocks. I'm Leo Blunner. This is Dave Lovich. And since the season is starting tomorrow, we are going to be going over some recent news, key signings, and our predictions for the division standings and award winners. And you want to get us started with the news. Yeah, let's get started. Willie O'Ree, the first black person to play in the NHL who broke the color, the color barrier and is still a strong advocate for diversity in the NHL today, is getting his number 22 retired by the Boston Bruins. It's great to see. And in other news, the Knights in the Avalanche will play on Lake Tahoe on February 20th, and the Bruins and Flyers will play there on the 21st. It's great to see some outdoor hockey. And congratulations to Jay Boemeister, who retired after 17 seasons in the NHL at the age of 37. Congratulations to him. Yep. And also, some AHL teams decided to opt out for the season due to COVID, Those, but the four teams that have the first to confirm to play is Laval, Belleville, Manitoba, and Toronto. Also, congratulations to Colin Wilson on his retirement. Also, congratulations to Corey Crawford on his retirement. But in some non-retirement-related news, Patrice Bergeron was named the captain of the Boston Bruins, which is a great thing to see, but a little sad a little later, which we'll get into. And then also, the Dallas Stars had to cancel training camp after a bunch of players and staff got COVID. So that's going to be a setback towards the beginning of the season. And then also, the Western Hockey League will play a 24-game season, a lot shorter. And then, oh, and also, get this, Evander Kane filed for bankruptcy after gambling it all away. It's just too funny. Like, he makes that, that man makes a ton of money, and he just decided to like gamble all the way, make some bad investments. And now he's filing for bankruptcy. Well, he'll have to play for many more years. Yeah. Uh, speaking of money and losing it, we're actually going to be talking about making money here with a ton of free agents that are either re-signed or signed contracts with new teams. Starting off with a big one here, Matt Barzell re-signs with the Islanders for three years with 21 mil in total, seven per year. I mean, for the amount of time he held out, I really thought he'd get a lot more than $7 million. This is a nice little bridge deal for the Islanders, especially because Barzell is just such a terrific player. But, I mean, if I'm Barzell, I understand not really waiting the whole, like, I mean, half the season to sign because it didn't look like the Islanders were going to give him that much, especially with COVID, everything, all the uncertainty. Understand why he took the seven mil and it was great by the Islanders because it's definitely worth a lot more than seven mil per year. Abe, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I definitely agree with you on how he's worth a lot more money. But this late in the season, like or in the off season, he makes this deal. Also, he was he was an RFA, so it's not like he he could just be go to any team he likes. And the Islanders they need him and they took him and clearly wasn't giving him too much. But he's definitely worth the money and he's definitely going to be a big help to the Islanders this season. They yeah. would not be that good without him. That's, that's a good point. Uh, moving on, Sammy Votnin signs again with the Devils after after being traded to the Hurricanes. Uh, he signs back with the Devils one year, two mil per year. We were seeing rumors. Uh, it was really between the Devils and the Bruins. He decided to go to the Devils. You know, I understand he's been in that system before. And, yeah, I guess he just likes playing with New Jersey. Solid signing for them. Yeah. And those two teams are playing on opening on their opening night. Yeah, Bruins and Devils on January fourteenth. Going to be one heck of a game. I'm very excited. Uh, moving on, Luke Coonan signs a two-year, four point six mil 
uh, deal uh, in total. Uh, this, you know, uh, sorry, with the, with the Nashville Predators, I think this is, you know, a solid signing by them. I mean, nice middle six guy, just, you know, got to fill the role. And, yeah, it's good by them. Bjorkstrand signs a big deal with the Blue Jackets resigns uh, an RFA type deal. Five year, 27 million total, 5.4 per year. Um, I just think, you know, great signing by them, really locking up one of their key guys for the future. Dylan Strome resigning two years, three mil per year with the Blackhawks. Uh, John Marino, you know, signing a long RFA deal with the Pittsburgh Penguins re-signing. He was a great defenseman for them last year. Six years, 26.4 in total. That's 4.4 per year. I think this is solid value, and he'll be a strong contributor Sorry, to, to that uh, Pittsburgh Penguins team. Uh, we got two really important signings here coming up. Pierre-Luc Dubois re-signs with the Columbus Blue Jackets for two years, 10 in total, five per year. But, I mean, even though he re-signed with Columbus, this might not be uh, a, an indicator that he's staying in Columbus. Abe, want to talk about that? Yeah, there were a lot of rumors of him being traded to other teams, and there was a lot of talk on him wanting out of Columbus. And personally, as a Bruins fan, I, I, I think he's great, one of the most underrated players in this league. But And so I was really hoping he would come to Boston, but there has been a lot of trades talk and I don't know if he's going to be staying here even though he said for two years I'm sure he could be some trade bait later he's a very good player and Columbus could get some stars for him yeah I mean if Columbus trades him they're probably going to be looking for a lot back for him I've been seeing rumors that if they were to trade him to the Rangers they'd be wanting Capo Caco and there'd probably be other pieces in there but you know Capo Caco is a huge piece in that Rangers future and even right now a little bit. So I think they're really holding him to a high regard there. But this next this next signing probably isn't the biggest impact signing, like uh, points-wise, but Zdeno Chara signs with the Washington Capitals one year, $795,000. Real slap in the face to the Bruins fans out there. Um, apparently the Bruins offered him a contract, but told him that his role on the team wouldn't be as the number one pair defenseman anymore. It'd be of a lesser role, um, probably third pair defenseman, really just there to be a good penalty killer and leader. But even though he isn't the same Zidane Chara as he was in the early 2010s, Norris Trophy winner, he was still dominant. He was still a leader. He was still a representation of the Boston area and the Boston Bruins. Even though the Bruins right now, as we said before, are still getting a great captain, Patrice Bergeron, you know, probably one of the easiest captaincy uh, switches ever, maybe. Uh, but losing Zidane Chara, big hit. I mean, he was a friend with all the teammates. He exemplified all the leadership qualities that one person would want. He played with a broken jaw, like screws in his jaws in the Stanley Cup finals. He's such a tough player, such an imposing force. And especially now, I think uh, maybe it's much the Bruins because the Washington Capitals do play the Boston Bruins eight times this season. So we're going to see how that, you know, really works out. Yeah. Leo, 
That was perfectly said. Yeah, he was an amazing captain for that team. And he was one of my favorite players on Boston. And I have this distinct memory. I was fortunate enough to actually be at that game where he came back with a broken jaw. I thought I was going to go deaf for a week after the crowd was so loud cheering for him, getting right back up after breaking his jaw to just keep going at it. Shows his grit, shows his resilience. And this late in his career, he's still playing hockey, even though Boston wanted to, to move him down, which I don't think is a good decision by them onto Washington. And I wish him the best of luck there. Yeah, like I understand like the Bruins, they're saying, you know, we want to get younger players going. Uh, like Zaboral, like back in nine in first round pick a couple years ago. Zaboral first round pick in 2015. You know, it was the, it was the famous uh, three first round picks. And then Barzell, we got Seneshen, DeBrusque, and Zaboral. Uh, two of them were bust. DeBrusque was good, though. Um, but then, you know, we got right after we got Barzell, we got Shabbat, we got all these great players and just, woof. So yep. maybe, maybe Tom Sweeney wants to give Zaboral a shot. I, I could see it happening. Me but, too. Yeah. Um, moving on from that, we're going to give our predictions uh, for the 2021. Let's get hyped. Divisions uh, and awards, but we'll start with the divisions. First, uh, they realigned all the divisions. There is the East, Central, West, and North because of COVID. Obviously, now they're like really – Instead of it being like kind of like based off geography, you know, you had like right in the Met or in the Atlantic, you had some in Florida, some in Boston, some in Canada, you know, like general the East Coast. This is all like very concise, um, you know, to limit travel. The North Division's all Canada. So, yeah, I think we'll just get right into it. Abe, let's get started. Yeah, just one more note like the main reason that was driving this division change was the border with COVID and how Canada wasn't allowing people from the U.S. in, so they couldn't just be flying back and forth for a game. So the North Division is all Canada, like you said. I'm going to get started with my prediction for the East, and the teams there is Boston, Buffalo, New Jersey, Islanders, Rangers, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and Washington. Here are my rankings. In dead last, I have the Devils coming in. Like They're just the worst. Like This division is so good. And it looks like the worst team here. Then I got Buffalo. True, they made a good play with Taylor Hall, but they make some good plays every offseason, and then they come out of the gate hot and slow down. And, yeah, and this division is just too good for them to do that. And then I have Pittsburgh and then Washington. I'm going to get some backlash for that, but judging – like, Washington was great last season, but their moves in the offseason were not tight, and the other teams in this division are just only getting better, and they – and then with and then with Pittsburgh, like true Crosby was hurt last season, but like he is coming off an injury, still one of the greats. But the team around him, they've lost pieces. I don't see him coming back. And then after that, I have the New York Rangers, who had an amazing offseason, especially drafting Laugh, and with their younger players getting better and better, and their whole team is becoming a bit more concise. And I I just have them moving up. And then in third, I have the Islanders. This decision was mainly influenced based off their postseason run. Just thought they looked great, especially re-signing Barzal if they did not have him far low in this extremely competitive division. And then Boston, an amazing team. Yes, they lost a few pieces, but they were so good last year. Teams don't fall that quickly. 
And then the Philadelphia Flyers, I have them number one. They they're just they're a very complete team. Carter Hart and goal. I have them. I have him as an amazing goalie this season, and they're just great defensive minded team coming in first. All right. So I do agree with you. Bottom three, I do have Devils, Buffalo, and Pittsburgh. I understand Pittsburgh is a very, very good team. I just see them behind Boston, Philly, Washington, Islanders, Rangers, you know, every, everyone else. I see them just missing the playoffs, and I feel bad for Pittsburgh, right? Because as we know, top four teams in this division will make the playoffs, so half of them. But this division is very, very good. So we're going to see what happens here in this division i mean really almost anything can happen the only thing i can really very confidently say is that buffalo and new jersey will not make the playoffs all the other six teams are in the running for the playoffs so our predictions could be way off our predictions could be perfect but yeah who knows shot in the dark fifth place i got the new york rangers they are a very very good team however they are just not as good as the other four teams I have put in the playoffs right now. I just don't think they're as good as the Islanders, Washington, Philly, or Boston. All right, we're going to move on. Fourth place, just squeaking into the playoffs. You know, we could see after the playoff runs. Um, like this happens with a lot of teams that can be like an okay team, have a great playoff run, and then be really good after that because they've all, they've all bonded. Got the Islanders coming in fourth place, Washington in third place. Philly in second place, at Boston first place. Now, before you call me biased, hold on. Let, let me explain myself. Boston, they're mad that they're not – that they lost two years ago. They're mad that they lost this year, and they know that their window is closing with Bergeron and Marshawn and Krejci all getting really old. They know that they have to win now, or it's going to be a long time before they win again, and they're going to go all out. I understand they lost Krug, but they have Grizzly to fill that – and Craig Smith coming in, nice uh, middle six guy for them. So I'm thinking, you know, especially because Boston has one of the best goalie tandems in the league. This is a very compact schedule. Goalies are really going to be switching off. It's probably going to be 60% Rask, 40% Halak. And so I think Boston really gets it together, and I think they win the division. Yeah, I definitely want that to happen, that's for sure. And also, out of the whole league, this is the best. this is the best division by far. Without a question, in, in most other divisions, like if you put some of the teams that are going to come and last this season, like in third and fourth and like in fifths and fourth, like in the East, they would be like a second or third team in, in other divisions. This is just our standings are like this because it's just so good. All right, let's move on to the central. Leo, why don't you go ahead? All right, so dead last, I got Detroit. No surprise there. And Chicago, I mean, Taves is out for a bit. They lost Doc. That kind of sucks. I mean, they're just not very good anyways. They lost Crawford. The the general man, or the management announced that they're rebuilding. They just won't be that good. Next, I got Nashville. Now, Nashville, they're all right. I kind of put them there. They lost Craig Smith, as I said before. But, you know, the top line still solid. So still got a good goalie tandem and Rene and Sorrow. So I, I just think they'll be all right. I mean, I don't think they'll be very good. Next, I got Florida. They're kind of just there. I don't have much to say about them. It's the Florida Panthers. I mean, I don't know. I mean, they're in Florida. They might be allowing fans. I'm not entirely sure. I know the Coyotes are, but it doesn't matter because someone's going to go to the games anyways. <laughs> um, 
Dallas Stars, I got at four. While I understand they all have COVID, um, it might be like if, if Dallas misses a ton of games, they might just do it based off win percentage, like what they did with the bubble, like who made it, like win percentage. So, you know, I'm going Dallas with their few games. I understand Bishop is out for a bit and, or for, for a couple months and Sagan's out for a bit. Um, I still have him squeaking in at four. Columbus at three. They are really good, but I don't think they're as good as Carolina and Tampa. All right, top two. Everyone expects Tampa to win, right? Easy division, Tampa Bay Lightning. They're very good, but I have them in second place. Let me explain. Go ahead. Tampa. So they played their hearts out in the Stanley Cup, and they won, and that's great. But the issue is that Carolina had way more rest. Carolina's hungrier. Carolina's healthier, right? Tampa doesn't have Kucherov. Tampa is playing with a hurt Stamkos, kind of. like he's, he, I don't think it'll be 100%, but he's playing. Um, I mean, they're just they're missing a couple big pieces, as I said, and they're, I think they're just going to be really tired. Hockey is such an intense sport, and playing that far into the playoffs, especially with the short offseason, I just don't think Tampa will come in first. Now, Carolina, why I think they will come in first is because they are a very good, a very young, very hungry team. With Sveshikov, Aho, you know, like I just think they'll be very, very good. And not to mention the recently acquired Maxime Lejoie. So there you go. Okay. You made a lot of good points there. That's true. But just one thing this the, about Tampa being not as rested as Carolina, the Stanley Cup was in mid September. It is now January. I, that's a long time. So I just don't think that's going to have as much of an effect, but I'll give you my rankings. Of course, Detroit's at the bottom. You said that plenty. But actually, I have Florida being in second to last because I just don't see Bobrovsky. People say that he might bounce back this year. I just don't see him doing that. Like He took a hit, and he and I just lost confidence in him. And then I have Chicago. They lost a lot of pieces, but they were still a decent team. They need to make their goalies work if they really want to succeed in third. And then I have Nashville, like you said before, great team, just we're getting into the better teams. And then I got Columbus, especially with Pierre-Luc Dubois, that signing, and Oliver Bjorkstrand. They're keeping their good players. They, they know what they're doing. I, I have them squeaking in at fourth because the th- top three teams here, Tampa, Carolina, and Dallas are just better. I have Dallas in third. Like, they were amazing the playoffs. They got a lot of injury. COVID's going to hit that, especially if they do by percentage, then they're definitely going to be where I, where I see them. But if not, that COVID's definitely going to be a bit of trouble with them, seeing as they can't really get their protocol straight. And then after that, I have – it's Carolina and Tampa. I have Tampa Bay coming in first. I'm sorry. Like, that, their team was just so dominant in the playoffs – and the rest, I don't think it's going to be as much of a factor here because it was in like mid-late September when it was the last they played. I think it's going to be more of a new start. I have Tampa coming in first, Carolina coming in second. Carolina's a great team, though. That's, that's definitely very, very fair. I mean, Tampa, I can – obviously, I, I definitely think it's between Tampa and Carolina. But sure. I, I just do think Carolina will, will have that little bit of an upset. Tampa Bay is favored by Vegas to win the division. So If you call go. it now, I'll give it to you. That's for sure. Thank you, thank you. Well, watch Detroit win. You know, come out of <laughs> them. I will definitely make a bet on that. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Got the West Division. 
Uh, in this division, we have Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, L.A., Minnesota, San Jose, St. Louis, and Vegas. Uh, for me, dead last, I got the Kings. They're not very good. Um, yeah, just have them in last. I just I think they kind of suck. I mean, also, okay, so th- this division really is the top three can be anywhere, and the other five can be anywhere. Um so we got teams in the top three. They're, like, most likely going to make the playoffs. I can't see a scenario in which any of them is the playoffs. And then the next five, one of them is going to squeak in, and the other four kind of suck. We got the Sharks. They are not very good. The Ducks, they are not very good. The Wild, they're getting Krill Kaprizov, but they are not very good. They are mediocre. Arizona, I have squeaking in the playoffs at four. I think Darcy Kemper uh, plays like he played last year towards the end. He was very dominant. I think they just squeaked into the playoffs because of that. Third place, I got St. Louis. I mean, they added Krug, even though they lost Petrangelo. But I do think they are very a very good team. So, yeah, I'm, I'm having them at third. Now, Vegas and Colorado, one and two. Or, sorry, Vegas at two, Colorado at one. Vegas, I understand they are a very good team. They have a very, very, very good goalie tandem, which I think is extremely important this season, especially because a lot of splits are going to be 60-40. That's why we saw teams like the Canadians get Jake Allen because they needed to secure a backup goalie, right? Backup goalies are very, very, very important this season. Um, and that's why I think Vegas is going to be number two. I think they'll be very good. The Fleury-Leonard tandem, their team is very good. I don't think they'll be as good as the Colorado Avalanche. The Colorado Avalanche are young. They're hungry. They, their goalies are not very – I will admit, their goalies are not very good. But they could have gotten one this offseason. They had this cap space. And I, they, they didn't. So, I guess they're confident in their guys and Francois and Grubel. So, to really carry the load. And I just think McKinnon, Rantanen, Landeskog, they're just too powerful. And I think they'll come in first place in the division. Yeah. Well, I agree with you on a lot of that. But in my bottom, I got Ducks dead last. They basically only got worse during the offseason. They just, I just, they're they're just the worst here. I'm sorry. And then, then the Sharks, they did add good pieces like Dubnik and Donato, but not going to be enough. And then I, then I actually have Arizona, who you have squeaky in the playoffs. I, I have them being terrible this season because, yes, Darcy Kemper's amazing, but I just don't feel like they have the offensive capabilities to really do good against teams against these teams which have pretty good defense like the Avs, Vegas and St. Louis and like they they play these guys like eight or nine times a season and then I actually have the Los Angeles Kings especially with the addition of Quinton Byfield like they and Anze Kopitar said on social media that he is mad that people have been counting him out that he's like old and not going to do much. I see him going on a revenge storm. I'm calling it now, but they're still not going to make the playoffs. I, then I have the Wild coming in fourth. They have a pretty good team. Moneypuck.com seems to rate them very highly. That does not make a lot of sense to okay, me. Moneypuck.com says they have a 0.1% chance of winning the, uh, higher than of winning the Stanley Cup than the Boston Bruins. I just... That's pretty weird to me. I think that they're, they're going to make the playoffs... But I, in the offseason, they were sort of going on a rebuilding phase. And I think that they got a little bit bailed out by this division. And then the top three is St. Louis, Vegas, and Colorado. They're all amazing teams. And that who are it's going to be them three at the top. It's going to be hard not to say that. 
All right, then in third, I have St. the St. Louis Blues. Like you said earlier, they're a good team, especially with the addition of Krug. Then Vegas, who got the better defenseman out of both of those signings, in my opinion, but with Petrangelo. And I'll get into more talking about Petrangelo later when we get into the awards. But then I got Colorado at first. You said it all, Leo. They're, they're such a good team. The only piece that they don't have to become like the best team in this league by a mile is their goalies. But they're just too good not to lose that this division. All right. Uh, so we're going to move on to the North Division, the All-Canadian Division, which consists of the Calgary Flames, Edmonton Oilers, Montreal Canadiens, Ottawa Senators, Toronto Maple Leafs, Vancouver Canucks, and Winnipeg Jets. This division is not only special because they have seven teams in the division, but because they will be playing each other more often because of that. Um, they're all in Canada, so they can't really cross the border. They'll only play the American teams once um, once the playoffs start, uh, whoever makes it past first two rounds. So in last, dead last, I got Ottawa. Uh, they suck. Leave it at that. Stu Stas great, but he, he can't make this team an instant playoff team. Next, the next six can be very controversial, right? Ottawa's last, so that's pretty, pretty easy. But next, I got Winnipeg. Now I understand Connor Hellebuck coming off that Vesna season. Uh he is very, very good. Although I do not think the Winnipeg Jets will do that well in this division. I just think they'll be six. I mean, they gotta be somewhere. They're a good team, but they will not be beating out the other teams. Next, I got the Calgary Flames. I just think they're a little bit better overall with Goudreau and Monaghan. I just think, you know, they're a very good team. All right, now at the playoffs, I got squeaking into the playoffs, got the Vancouver Canucks with Pedersen, Besser, uh, Holtby, Markstrom in goal. I mean, a lot of teams were really getting two really good goalies this season that they wanted to make it far. I think they'll barely squeak into the playoffs. Next, we got Montreal. Like, as I've said before, they got Jake Allen. They got Josh Anderson. They got a lot of great players. They really bulked up, and I think they'll be good. Coming in second place, got Toronto. I mean, they're Toronto. They're just a very good team, as I as much as I hate to admit it as a Bruins fan. They are a very, very good team. Um, thing is, they just have not had any recent playoff success, so that kind of sucks for them. Did they get Joe Thornton, though? So for them uh they still don't really have a backup goal anderson's gonna be uh hung out to dry so that kind of sucks first place i got edmonton not really a surprise we got mcdavid dry i mean really that, that's all that's all you need that's all you need those two single-handedly can carry you to a stanley cup final that's why i have them first well that's a pretty ambitious list there but i'm gonna definitely agree with you on the centers being deadass because this is going to be such a competitive division and True Stusla is going to be really good, but rookies, like in, in a division this competitive, I just don't see that happening. And then, and then I have the Winnipeg Jets coming in the next to last because what because this division is so packed and those games are going to be so constant. I just can't see Carter Hellebuck really staying the whole time and just like he, his backup is not good enough. I just. Like they have a, multiple people running there. I just don't think that he's good enough. Yes, he's coming off of Vezina season, but I just don't see it. And it's going to be too crowded for them. Then also, then I have the Calgary Flames, a pretty robust team. I think Tukshuk is going to do have a really good season. 
And then, then I have the Montreal Canadiens. They made a lot of good moves this offseason, especially adding Tyler Toffoli, who I think is great. And so I have them squeezing in just over the Flames in fourth. Then in third, pla- in third place, I have the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like you said, they're definitely a great team. And Joe Thornton is actually going to be playing on their first line, according to most sources, with Matthews. So that's definitely going to be a plus for them. And then in second place, I have Edmonton. Like you said, Dry style and McDavid are good, but the season's going to be quicker. It's going to be more competitive. It's going to be more tiring. Two players can't – I don't think that they could carry to first in, in this many times against similar opponents all so quickly. In first place, you will definitely disagree with me, but I have the Vancouver Canucks. I'm calling it right now. Their, t- their team is so robust. They, they can make this way. With Bo Horvat at the helm – Quinn Hughes on defense. That's my pick. I'm sticking with it. Yeah. Sorry. Right. So, uh, so our predictions are right, we finally finished those. We're going to predict our cup finals. Uh, before, I mean, before, obviously, it had to be an Eastern versus Western conference team. But this year, it's not, right? It can be Boston versus Montreal, Boston versus Toronto. We'll find out. I think this is going to be insane. I'm so excited. Uh, do I think it'll be Boston versus Montreal or Toronto? Probably not. Probably be the Abs over or Abs versus Philly or, you know, Edmonton or I, I don't know. Do I think it's it'll be Boston? Probably not. However, would I love to see it? Yes. And I am so hopeful. I'm kind of rooting for the Maple Leafs in Montreal just so they can make the playoffs, just so we can play them in the Stanley Cup Finals. I would love to see that. That honestly might be the most watched Stanley Cup Finals in history, most hated, like, heated rivals. Because usually the Stanley Cup Finals, they become rivals during and then remain rivals after, kind of like the Bruins and Canucks because they don't really play each other. Um, They're not really close to each other. It's not like they don't play in the same state or – province so it's gonna or be country hard. country really yeah i mean they just play on opposite sides so yeah here i'd love to see that so i i, I mean really i just love to see two heated rivals i got separated playing the stanley cup finals so yeah no matter how much i want to see that and that would be amazing um i would have to say if i'm gonna predict it now and these are predictions here I'm going to go Avalanche over Philly because they're both like, they're just my top two teams in this season. And they do well with longevity, both pretty young teams that know what they're doing. I have Avs over Philly as my win. Now let's move on to the awards. We're going to start with the Hart. Leo, go ahead. All right. My Hart Memorial Trophy winner for this upcoming season, I'm going to go with Nathan McKinnon. Um, I mean, he proved how good he is in these past couple of years. Really, him, McDavid, Drysaddle, literally, like, or she won it last year. A, a lot of people come in the heart, but I'm going McKinnon. I just think that, I mean, his division's pretty easy. He can put up a ton of points. I think he's just going to dominate, and I think he'll win the heart. Yeah. Well, I was going to go for a dark horse pick here with Panarin, but – Looking over at the divisions, I don't really see that happening. So I think I'm going to crawl back to the basically the most basic pick I could choose, Carter McDavid. One of the best players in the league. I just have him winning this. Yeah, I mean, can't really disagree saying McDavid won the MVP because 
It's Connor McDavid. There's a reason yeah. why you're calling him the best player in the world. So, yeah. Moving on. Got the Vesna Trophy, best goalie. I'm going to go with Andre Vasilevsky. He's won it before. He's a very good goalie, in my opinion. A lot of analytics people would say that he's not very good, but I still think he's very good. He recently won a Stanley Cup, and you can't be a bad goalie if you just win a Stanley Cup. So I'm going Andre Vasilevsky winning the Vesna Trophy. I would say Vasilevsky is probably like the Vegas odds head. I think he is. I'm not, I haven't checked those in a while, but I think he's definitely like the front runner, but I'm going to go with Carter Hart here. I have him carrying Philly because he is young. He is ready. And like even he was amazing against Montreal in the uh, round robins. Like even though they couldn't really pull it off, he was just in the first round. I, he's just so good. I, I have him winning that. Let's move on to the Calder Trophy for the rookie. Leo, go ahead. I'm going to go with Krill Kaprizov, who was not drafted in this year's draft. He was drafted in one of the later rounds by the Minnesota Wild a couple of years ago. He played in Russia. He is very, very good. If you have not heard of this kid, he is a phenom. He is so good. He's going to play for the Minnesota Wild. Coming from Russia, um, I think he'll win the Calder. He could pull off a Panarin coming to the NHL in like his mid 20s, or he's not in his mid 20s, but come over from Russia, win the Calder, be very good. Yeah, that's why I think he'll win the Calder. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with another pretty basic pick with Laugh, with uh, like Alexis. There's a reason he's number one. There's a reason he's a front runner there. And the rookies are great this year, but I feel like the Rangers are probably going to use him the most and give him the most opportunity to shine. So I have a winning the Calder. Yeah, moving on. The James Norris Trophy for the best defenseman. I'm going to go with Victor Hedman. Uh, he's probably one of the best defensemen in the NHL, if not the best defenseman in the NHL. And, I mean, especially with Kucherov out, I think the Lightning system might shift towards being a little bit more defensive. And they're going to rely on Hedman a lot. He's a terrific player. So I think he will win the Norris Trophy. Yeah, I think I'm going to go here with Petrangelo. He's coming off of a big deal at in Vegas, which is a very good defensive-minded team. Like, he's going to definitely get a good partner, no matter who he partners up with. I think that's going to help him shine. He's an amazing player, definitely worth the money he signed for. And I just... Like he's co- like he's a D man on a new team with great with also like a great offense. Vegas is one of the best teams in the league right now, and I think they could have him really make him higher to win yeah. this award. I could totally see that happening too. You know, like I mean, a lot of a lot of players can win, but you know, I'm gonna I'll move on. Jack Adams Award for best coach since I have the Carolina Hurricanes upsetting the Tampa Bay Lightning. In the Central Division, I'm going to have to go with the Rod, the Bod, Brenda Moore, winning Coach of the Year. Uh, I just think he's going to be a terrific coach. He's going to lead all of these players into one common goal. They haven't had – I mean, they made the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago, but they've gotten knocked out by Boston twice in a row. They're hungry. They're young. They're very, very, very talented. And I think Rod Brenda Moore is going to lead the – Carolina Hurricanes to the lead leading record. You heard it here first. 
league leading record. You know, their division's too good. Even though I don't think they're the best team, their division kind of sucks. And they're, they're young, they're hungry, and they're good. So I'm going Rod Brindamore for Coach of the Year, Jack Adams Award. Okay, that's definitely a pretty good pick. But I think I'm going to go with Elaine Vindalt of the Philadelphia Flyers. Because like I said, I've had the Flyers being, I just have them being amazing this season. He's coaching a pretty defensive-minded team. And he definitely has a lot of experience on different teams coming out over to Philly a couple of years ago. And he, and I think he's going to put people where they need to be to win the division along with this trophy. I think he has what it takes. Yeah, no, I, I can totally see it happening with Elaine Vigneault. I, I still think the Flyers are a better team. It's just, I do think since you only play teams in your division, that the Carolina Hurricanes will win the um, President's Trophy just because, you know, they'll have the most points because they play first teams. Moving on, Rocket Richard Trophy for the most goals. I'm going to go with Alex Ovechkin. He's the best goal scorer in the league, and especially with David Pasternak out a month or about about a month to start the season. I'm going Ovechkin. I think it's really between him and Matthews. I think it's easy for Ovechkin to win this. Yep. Well, I'm going to go with the other pick there. I think I'm going to go with Matthews because looking at the North Division versus the East Division, I think the East is the more of a, the defensive-minded teams. They got like Boston's very heavy on defense along with the Islanders in Philly. So I feel like he's definitely going to score up He's definitely going to come in second in goals, but I have Matthews coming in first, especially with Joe Thornton playing on the first line. Yes, he's old, but I feel like he could easily dish out plenty of assists. All right, yeah, no, I can see that happening. I mean, Ovechkin is very, very good. You're right. They will be playing some good defensive teams, Boston, Philly, some good hard physical teams. But Ovechkin, arguably the best goal scorer of all time. You can't tell me that he will not score the most goals this season just because of how good he is. I mean, also, Pasternak was so unselfish last year. Pasternak would have won the uh, the Richard, but Pasternak, you know, he he dished the puck a lot better than Ovechkin, in my opinion. Ovechkin has a better shot, a better one-timer. But Pasternak, I mean, there were a couple times where Marchand, you know, going through a little bit of a skid, open net, Pasternak would just pass the Marsh, and he would score, get him off the skid. What a great teammate. But instead, the Washington Capitals would just feed Ovechkin on the empty netters. And, like, it, don't, don't get me wrong. He's a terrific goal scorer, power play machine, five-on-five machine, physical presence. But, I mean, Pasternak's out of month, so I got to go Ovechkin here. They just keep feeding him. I definitely see it. And with Pasta out, it's going to come to these two. Like, that's just how it is. Uh, so thank you guys so much for listening. These were our season predictions. I'm Abe Lovich. This is Leo Blonder. We are Twigs of the Ox and have a great time.